Start clean with Clorox because Clorox delivers a powerful clean every time. Because messes happen. Because... I got the charcoal mask. Great, because why would I put that on my face when I could drop it in my sink? This is what I get for multitasking. Ugh, why is charcoal so sticky? Uh, hello? Hey, Janice. I am so sorry. I thought I was on mute. <laughs> no, we don't need to reschedule. I'll just stay off camera. Ooh, yeah, that happens. So start clean with Clorox. Use Clorox products as directed. Hey, friends, and welcome to the Happy Hour with Jamie Ivy podcast. I'm your host, Jamie, and I'm so glad you're here. Each week on this show, I invite a girlfriend to join me and we chat about the big things in life, the little things in life, and everything in between. Happy spring break. If any of you guys are on spring break this week, like my family is, we are taking it easy this spring break. We had some plans, but because all that is going on in the world, we've decided to stay home. So that means we're going to catch up on family togetherness and movies and books. I hope that wherever you are, I know that you might be feeling a little bit uncertain and anxious amidst the virus that's going around right now. What I do want to say to you is no matter where you are listening, no matter what is going on in your world, No matter what you are feeling, nothing has changed today about God that wasn't true yesterday and that won't be true tomorrow. That He is here. He is in charge. He is present. He is our caretaker. He is merciful. He is for us. And right now, what a time that we get to be the church to show people how much God is for us, even in the anxiety that the world might be bringing us. Here at the happy hour, we are going to continue to bring you great content. And my hope more than ever in this time of our lives right now is that it can be a small little moment, 60 minutes or 30 minutes of your day of your life where you can just sit and maybe be encouraged. That is my hope with this show, every show. So I hope that you feel that today as you listen. Today on the podcast, my friend Joe Saxton joins me. She's been here before and now she's back again and you are going to love it. Today we chat all about women stepping into our purpose. Love this conversation. I love it so much. I learned so much from hearing Joe's passion and research on the topic. If you are someone who has ever said, I don't know what my purpose is or does anything I would say really matter? This is going to be a conversation that encourages you that yes, your voice does matter. You have a story and there is purpose exactly where you are to influence those in front of you. I am echoing Joe's message all day long. I love it so much. Friends, did you hear the show on Friday? It was the special edition of Your Last Decade, which if you're not listening to those shows, I highly recommend them. They're shorter than our normal shows, a wider variety of people, and we're just talking about what has life brought someone in the last 10 years. But also on last week's Your Last Decade episode, we made a big announcement. The announcement was this, is that we are indeed 100% taking a trip to Israel with our friend Tara Lee Cobble. You guys have loved Tara Lee Cobble every single time she's been on this show. I love her, and we are partnering together for a trip that is specific to you guys, my happy hour listeners. We're gonna go to Israel with Tara Lee. It's set to happen in October of 2020. 21. So to make sure that you don't miss any details or when the registration opens, make sure you go visit the show notes for today's show. Go to jamieivy.com slash happy hour. And there is a link for you to fill out an interest form. It's not a, I want to go form. It's not a, I'm giving you my money. It's not a, I'm committing. It is, Hey, I'm interested in this. So you should go fill it out no matter what, because you are interested in going to Israel with myself and Tara Lee Cobble in October of 2021. Remember, go to jamieivy.com slash happy hour to find the link to say, hey, I'm interested. 
Okay, guys, here's my conversation with my friend, Joe Saxton. Joe Saxton, welcome back to the happy hour. Thank you very much. It's good to be back. It's always good to have you back. Oh, thanks. I feel like I see you once a year. We're right now, full disclosure, we're in a hotel room. Yes, it's very neat. Well, I just got here. Okay. That's why. So the bags keep, aren't even unpacked. Do you keep a neat hotel room? Because mine are terrible. I know. Like I'm 12. But I do unpack. Oh. Do you unpack your suitcase? If I'm there for more than one night. Which are you tonight? This this, this time trip? just the one night. So I'm kind of half unpacked. Okay. Mm-hmm. I like to hang I like to hang things up mm, so I can good. see my options. Yeah, that's good actually. Do you when you travel for one night, do you bring just what you need or do you bring options? Oh, I bring options because I've spilled too many clothes. Okay. My, you know, and yeah. then I sometimes have the notion that I'm gonna work out. Oh, I do that a lot. I'll pack and so workout I, clothes. <laughs> I pack workout clothes and then I like to when I'm speaking, I, I do know how to sweat. It's one mm-hmm. of my gifts. Mm-hmm. So so I have to have a few. Okay. Change few clothes. Yeah, big time. Big I time. This is speaking of speaking. I'm a natural deodorant girl. Did it work for you? Well, I don't wear it when I go on an airplane or I stand on a stage. Okay. So, I there mean, at my house, who cares? That's true. You know. I tried it for a long time and then I thought, you smell. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe did, I didn't get the right one. Did your husband have to tell you that or did you come to that on your own? I came to that on my own. Okay. I think everybody else was just praying. They're nice. They're yeah, like, they were just like, it'll bless be her with her lavender and it'll sage. It'll be soon. <laughs> I have a friend who doesn't even wear natural deodorant. She literally, when you said lavender, she just rubs oils on her. <gasps> Maybe I can try that next. Yeah. I have a friend who shall not be named. Okay. You know her as well. She mm-hmm. said this on the show. I should just say it anyways, but she doesn't re- wear deodorant at all. She doesn't sweat, she says. It's Ruth. Wow. Ruth Joe Simons. Wow. I know. She doesn't sweat? Ask her today when you okay, see her. I'm, I'm going to sniff. I know. Get in there. Give her a hug and get in and you'll be good to go. <laughs> um, but I love that I get to see you. Well, I've Thank seen you, you twice now because I saw you at If Lead. Yes. Yes. So we get a little rhythm going. This is our little rhythm. A little rhythm going. Okay. Peel back the layer about book writing. Uh, when did you start? You have a book. It's actually called Ready to Rise. Own your voice. Gather your community. Step into your influence. That releases April 14th. When did you start writing this book? Oh, my goodness. I think I started... I think I may have started writing it two years ago. Isn't that crazy? Yes, it is. It Because my other, my last book, The Dream of You, was out. And whilst that was out, I was writing this one. And this was the one I'd actually wanted to write first. The very first book you've ever written? Um, or you wanted to write this before Dream? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. But it wasn't happening, so. Why? Um, why did I want to write it first? Yes, and why did it not happen? Um, I wanted to write it first because I'm just so passionate about women stepping into purpose and, and exploring leadership and what that looks like in their everyday life. And I think it didn't happen for two reasons. One, the words just weren't coming. And I, and now, like go, as I've gone on, I'm like, oh, there are different stories and... Um, that are included. And I think the other reason why is because I realized one of the challenges for stepping into your purpose was identity. And the last book was about that. It needed to come first. Yeah. It needed to come first. It yeah. It was like, I insist. Mm-hmm. So yeah. what do you do? Well, I was telling a friend of mine before we started talking is the message of this book, Ready to Rise, mm-hmm. is a message that I am so passionate about. Mm-hmm. And I'm so happy that you're speaking into. Well, thank you. And I'm starting to feel that a lot of women in our space are speaking into this. Yes. Tell me what, why. Why is this? And you wanted to write this forever ago. Yeah. But this message is being proclaimed, I think, in a lot of different ways, which I am so excited about. Yeah. I mean, I think there's a, I think there are some broad brushstrokes in terms of, you know, women are made in the image of God. And as such, we have this twofold reality to know God, but also to represent Him in the world. That means we've got gifts and we've got talents and abilities. And I think, so that's one part of it. I think culturally, um, women are working. They just are. 
um, because they have to, because it's part of the reality of their family, whether it's a work from home or, or whether they are taking on different responsibilities. It's, it's a natural part of their life. Didn't you say that women run businesses or up? I feel like I read this in your first chapter. Yeah. I, I hate putting you on the spot like that. No, I think so. Um, I'll look it up unless you know. I think it's, I know it, that I know their women owned businesses bring in $1.4 trillion in said. receipts. 1.4 trillion. Unbelievable. I mean, it's incredible. The amount of women who are engaged in the workplace whilst, and not in before having children or after the kids have left home whilst they're, you know, mm-hmm. whilst they're raising their kids. It's an integral part of their life. And so I think part of the stirring was how do we engage with this in a way? What are the, what does this this maybe new? It might not, it might not even be that new a reality, but what does this reality mean for how we live our lives? What are the challenges? What are the opportunities? How do we invest in women in, in within that reality? How do we encourage them to see purpose in their reality? So owning our identity is first, like you said, mm-hmm. like you had to write that first, because yeah. that is so true. Us believing and understanding that. Absolutely. How I understand, but I want you to tell the listeners, how does that catapult into this next message? Yeah, because I think once you know who you are, and once you, as you root who you are, it gives you an understanding and an appreciation of what you're about. You see, oft, what I found, and I think this is why I wanted to write it first, was I saw all these women who were incredibly gifted and had all these talents who were stuck. They had no clear path on what to do with it. They had these passionate ideas they'd throw to the side. And it was only as I dug deeper in relationship with these women, I realized it was the identity piece that was holding them back. It's it wasn't like, even all the steps of how no, to do things. It was, it, I mean, the steps were confusing, but before it was, am I allowed to do this? Mm. Who do I think I am? What does this mean for me? I didn't see this one coming. Yeah. I'm not the kind of person who does that. Somebody said, I'm never going to be, or I'm always this, that, or the other. And that's who I am. How, what does, how can I have a dream or a calling when this happened to me when I was a child yeah. or when I made this life choice and that decision? Is, isn't it too late for somebody like me? Mm. And so we needed the time to peel back some of those layers. But as you peel back those layers, it gives room again and freedom again to begin to dream. And then you have to ask, well, what are you going to do with this life you have? Mm. And what are you doing yeah. with this life? You yeah. Have? Now, you and I both know that that figuring out our identity and peeling back those layers, this is nothing that's happening just now in 2020. No. This has been happening in people's lives since we have time. Yeah, all the time. But I do have a question. I thought, and I just mm. thought about it. The idea that you're talking about here, ready to rise, of encouraging women to own their voice in their community and, you know, step into influence, those type of things. Do you think this is something that maybe each generation of women is having to figure out how to do within their generation? Absolutely. I do. I think it has a, it takes a unique, it's a unique opportunity and a unique challenge every generation. Because even when I think about this, even in growing in leadership, I, I began in leadership when there wasn't Twitter. Right. When there wasn't Instagram. That had so what my public face looked like was a completely different sphere. What it meant to understand calling and influence and where it was was a different, um, and that had great opportunities and it had challenges of, of its own. Um, how I perceived myself wasn't as publicly viewed, and I don't even mean that as a leader, just as a woman, mm-hmm. wasn't as publicly viewed. We didn't all have access to the same sorts of things. I think about that all the time. I'm like, when I was early in my 20s. Mm-hmm married, if I wanted to know what my friend did on her date the night before, I had to wait till I saw her. Yeah. 
Or she called me. Yeah. We didn't even text. Remember phone calls? Yeah. <laughs> remember handwritten letters? Remember those? I remember those. We had one phone in our house growing up and it was like in the hallway. Yeah. Did it have the cord? A long the cord. Long- so you could get yourself away <laughs> from everyone else. Yep. I know. We were somewhere recently with my kids and it was even an older, it was the rotary where you, yeah. and I was having to explain to them how we would use that. Oh yeah. Goodness. But that is just an example. Yeah. I mean, just silly things like how phones have advanced mm-hmm. is we're still having to figure out how to advance in owning our community and leadership and voices Absolutely. right now as a woman. We do. And we have to work out what um, what are, what the challenges are in those, what our limitations are, what are, how we bring our fears to those spaces and how we can kind of lose our way a little bit, but also how how we can be proactive. We need to engage with it. We do need to rise up and live faithfully in the light of the call and gift that God's given us ages ago. Mm. And we both have daughters yes, who are do. growing up in this. Mm-hmm. And I think that's even more important as a woman a woman who's raising daughters, yes. to think about how do we make sure that we understand our identity and our calling so as we're leading our children in our own home, that we can help them step Absolutely. into that as because well. Because they are watching. They are they are seeing not just what we say. I mean, more than what we say, they're seeing how we live. And if what they're... I guess we have to ask ourselves. I'm always like, what are my kids seeing a stressed me? Are they seeing a me who is minimizing her achievements and accomplishments? Are they seeing a me which that writes off my own gifts and calls it humility? Mm. Are they seeing a me who is afraid to step out into what God has asked me to do? Because that is discipling my children, whether I like yeah. it or not. How old are your girls now? 13 and 14. You're in. The, so are we dealing with 8th grade and ninth grade? We are dealing with 7th grade and freshmen. 7th grade and freshmen. We're living the same life, yeah. except mine are boys yeah. and my daughter's in sixth grade. It's real, isn't it? It's real. It's real. Two of my boys today actually went and toured the high school, which means next year I'll have three boys in high school. Wow. And, wow. And I don't even, I mean, oh, it's crazy. It's a, it's a lot. It's just, There's just a, this onslaught. And there's nothing I'm fearful of, but aware of the, the tide of opinion, the tide of experiences, the tide of fears, insecurities, doubts, wonderings, dreams, school, academic pressure, sport, all these things. And then and you send your child into this world and they've got to learn how to, na- and they've got to learn. It's they've so got hard. They've got to learn. Yeah. But how do, we, how do we empower them? You know, so even the book opens with my daughter because it's her beginning it. to find her way through her school. Uh-huh. And realizing this is a lifelong pursuit, us st- stepping into our God-given purpose. Yeah, yeah. Okay, um, you tell some stories in this book yeah. about women um, that have impacted your life. Can you tell me about, just pick somebody. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I realize that I'm struck by the stories of the women around us, that if we ever have a chance to listen to them, we find, I think we find wisdom, we find mistakes that we can potentially avoid. <laughs> um, and I, one of the people who I write about is my foster mother. And I talk, I, I, because I wanted to look at the women of the generations of my family. So we look at my daughters, my grandmother, my mother, and my foster mother, because they have, they have stories which intersect. But they're all these women whose lives were marked by circumstances beyond their control. So with my kids, it was how they were dealing with the, the words and the, the racial dynamics within the school. For my grandmother, it's when she lost her husband and had a landscape of life that she hadn't planned for. And then how does she provide for her life? How does she live now? Who is she now when she is, um, when she's living alone? Then for my foster mother, hers was, I mean, my, my foster mother lived through World War II 
and her whole world and the, and the role of women was redefined in England. And, and not here. Yeah. Make sure yeah. everyone knows we're not talking about America. Yeah. So in the UK, um, in the advent of World War II, my foster mother fostered me very late in her life. <laughs> she was in her 70s when she fostered me. But in, in her younger years, when World War II hit, there was a there's a labor shortage because the men are at war. So they invite all the women to take up all these roles within society. She was one known as one of the land girls. So they, and people would be like, they would be the firefighters. They would, um, in industry doing all these things for four or five years. Doing the jobs that typically in that, that typically day were, were just for men, but they were gone. But they were gone. And so sustaining the, the nation in a landscape that was terrifying and real and fearful. And alongside that, she started fostering children. Uh, um, well, at the end of at the end of the war, she starts fostering children and and initially looking after evacuees and then carrying on from there. But that wasn't something like, oh, I feel called to this. It just happened. It just happened. But in in this landscape being turned upside down, she found her purpose and she found her calling. And then society changes and the war ends and everybody's like, go back to your life. And then they're, they're like, how do we go back when we've un- when we've uncovered a life that none no one had planned? How do you what? It's a new, the maps don't work anymore. Right. It's a new landscape. Yeah, it's all different. It's a, the GPS is off mm-hmm. um, because they've found and discovered these new things. And I think that happens to us all the time. I would just, when you're talking, I'm thinking, how many times have people stepped into something where they would have never, ever determined that yeah. this is going to be where their life was going to take them? And that's where they found their calling. Absolutely. In the midst of, just like you talked about your foster mom, in the midst of turmoil is yeah. where she said, this is what I'm supposed to be doing all along. Absolutely. I think I've met many, I and mean, I'm sure you have as well, met many people who have been like, this was my tra- trajectory and I didn't plan on this and I don't like the pain of this, but this transformed me in such a way that I've discovered some new things and, and God is doing new things in me as a result. Okay, so if you're talking to a woman yeah, and she's like, Joe. I don't know where my job. I don't know what I'm here for. Mm-hmm. I don't know my calling. What do you? What is? What is the first thing for her to think through? I often get people to look back when I'm coaching women. I often ask them lots of questions and say, "What were you good at?" Like um, when you were growing up, like when you're a kid. Yeah, when you yeah. when you're growing up, or what? I'd ask them, "What are you good at? What did your friends say you were good at?" Because you know we're not always good at acknowledging our own talents, <laughs> right? Um, so I'd say, "What would your friends say you were good at?" And so those were, those are, that's one track I go, go down. Another, I'd ask a question like, if you could do something and you know you wouldn't fail, what would it be? Um, another question I, I was asked one time, which I've used with leaders ever since, and women in different life stages ever since, is a dinner's being held in your honor. And at that dinner, people are talking about the, the things you've accomplished and um, the impact you've had. And then another group of people are talking about the nature of your relationships and the impact you've had. What would those groups say? Because that begins to pull out. Those are hard questions. They I mean, are those hard, are hard answers to come up with. They are hard ones. But I think we begin to know what we're, we're not like, I don't want to say I'm called to it, but I want my family to feel like they were known and seen by me. Yeah. Well, that's a key core value. I want it, it, I want it to be the kind of neighbor who. I want it to be the kind of friend who, or I wanted to be good at my work, or people always say I'm good in a crisis, mm-hmm. or people always say that um, I'm the friend who gets everybody organized when we're doing that girls' trip. You can rely on me to make sure we all get there. We our, our tickets are all in order. Yes, it's all arranged. Um, at work, they look to me for this, or I was really proud of that project, and my boss. Com- I would say, what does your boss compliment you on? Mm. What do your team? I mean, on certain situations, I'd say, what are people jealous of you about? Uh, oh, that's hard to you know say. I mean? Like, that it's, feels weird to answer, it right? It feels weird to answer. And I, and I think that's probably why we find this stuff so hard, because it's vulnerable. It is really vulnerable to begin to engage with your purpose. 
But the reality is, it didn't actually start with us. These are gifts that God has given. Mm. So um, one of the one of the things I refer to in the book is I my, my kids my kids are really into Christmas and they send me PowerPoint presentations of their Christmas list. No, they do not. They do every year. But and the initial excuse was the family are all around the world. Our family you is, just tell is, everyone what yeah is spread. Like we're based in the states. My um both both sets of in laws are in England. I have a brother in Hong Kong. So they're like, well, we just want everybody to have a chance to buy something for us, which is smart girls. Very convenient. Yes. Um, and because they're completely into Christmas. And what happens is people pick things off the list. So it's working. Uh-huh. You see why they do this. Yes. But on Christmas Day, they run downstairs. No one talks to us for a few hours whilst they're unpacking things. Now, imagine another scenario that it's Christmas Day and these kids are there and they look at the gifts and they look nervous and they walk past. Or they open them a little bit and they close them again and they look at them and they're like, I'm not good enough for that gift. Or... But what if I get that gift wrong? I don't know how to ride that bike. I'm never going to touch it because I'm not sure I'm going to get it right. Or is that gift for somebody like me? Because I've made mistakes before and I, I, I've broken gifts, so I, can't, I couldn't possibly do that. And anybody who loves a kid would feel heartbroken that that's how they, because you just want them to enjoy the gift. Yeah. But I think that's what women do all the time with their talents, with their purpose, with their dreams. Am I good enough for this gift? I've made mistakes before, so I couldn't possibly use this gift. I don't know how to do it yet. So I couldn't achieve this gift. I didn't earn the right to have this gift. And we forget it's a gift. Mm. Even the purpose is a gift. Yeah. And so I encourage people to say, unwrap the gift, you know, to unwrap the talents because in the, while we're unwrap, we're, while we're not unwrapping them, what businesses aren't being started? Mm. It, it, yeah. And I'm not even saying it's going to be the next banks. It might just help your family go on vacations every year. Yeah. Valid, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? Yeah. What conversations aren't we having that would change the trajectory of our family if we sat down and said together, this isn't working. We said, you know what? We're going to downsize, rearrange our lives because we want our families to have. Yeah. Unwrap the gift. Mm-hmm. Unwrap the gifts of, you know, you want to serve and maybe it's a Bible study or something in your church and you're like, well, I'm, I don't feel I'm a big deal. Well, you don't have to feel you're a big deal, but could, now you've created a space where people feel loved and seen and you have helped somebody after a miscarriage. Mm. You have fed that working family at the end of a tough week. It's, it's all valid, yeah. but, it, but it often starts with us not unwrapping those gifts in the yeah. first place. Yeah. And we miss out and the communities that we're part of miss out because we're afraid of these gifts, mm. which were only ever gifts. That's right. That, do you see what yeah, I mean? it makes, okay, I'm going to use the same analogy, mm-hmm. the gifts under yeah. the tree. What about the women who think that their gift is not as important, not as valid? Yeah. They look around and see women opening their gifts yeah. w- along with your story and think, if I had her gift, I would really be a force for the kingdom. And it is so, I mean, and this is a common one. This is, it's like, I see, it's all right, you talking about your gift. Her gift has got bells on. Yeah. My gift is in brown paper. Exactly, and, I mean, yeah. And, and or I, we think it's not as good. We think it's not as valuable. And I... And I think there are a couple of things that I encourage people to do. I encourage us to look at the, for those of us who are Christians, to look at the lens of scripture on stuff like this. There, I mean, you've got Lydia, who's a businesswoman. You've got Hulda, who's an advisor to the kings. You've got Philip's prophetic daughters. You've got women who are different, different. You've got Hannah, who's, who gives birth to Samuel. You've got Eunice and Lois, the grandmother and mother of Timothy. They are different. There is, and they are just living out their purpose best they can. But we often have kind of highlighted, magnified the significance of 
someone spending 20 minutes speaking. 20 minutes. We've made these gifts better. We've, we've you know made, what I, that's what yeah. you're saying. Yeah. We've elevated some yeah. at the expense, and, and we've done some at the expense of others. And so I would encourage you and say that um, one, one, who knows in the scheme of our lives how what gifts God has given us access to anyway, but, at, but you won't find the fulfillment you're looking for for as long as you avoid the gifts you have. So true. You know, and, and if, you, if God is good and if he sees you and knows you, um, then there are two things I'd encourage you to think through. One, start with the gift you have and ask him about the one you're interested in. Mm. Because the other thing is, like, sometimes, sometimes that longing is about something. Sometimes it's about the comparisons and the, and the unhealthy competition that's been shoved on us. Right. And sometimes it's a stirring. And I would, I'd encourage you to, to process that stirring with God rather than pull back and, don't, and avoid the gift room. Yeah. If you don't know it, guys, I'm a Texas girl through and through. I've lived here most of my life. I was born here and I love traveling. Here's why I love traveling throughout Texas, because it has a vast landscape of cultures, regions, destinations, and activities, which means there's an infinite number of different travel experiences. And no two travelers are exactly alike. And it means that no two trips should be either. If you're a beach person, well, you can have fun under the sun with Texas's 350 miles of coastline. If you're more of a rugged vacation type, there are campgrounds, hiking trails, and state parks galore. And foodies cannot get enough of Texas's world-famous barbecue and Tex-Mex. Enjoy live music, visit internationally recognized art museums, and check out thrilling cowboy experiences. And now, Travel Texas offers a one-of-a-kind online trip builder that allows users to generate a custom, visually-led trip matched to their unique interest. Guys, come visit my state. Visit TravelTexas.com slash GetYourOwn to get the only trip to Texas that matters. Yours. That's TravelTexas.com slash GetYourOwn. You guys, in January of 2024, I made a commitment to myself. I wanted to get stronger, which meant I needed to get in the gym, which means I needed to move my body in different ways. You guys know I love to walk. Well, it's spring, and spring is the best time for us to start a new workout routine. It's our yearly collective warm-up, and Peloton is here for everyone's yearly warm-up. This is the best time to get into a good rhythm, to tap into your power, and build towards your summer you. I love my Peloton. It accommodates to my schedule with a variety of class links to choose from. I can choose a 30-minute class. I can choose a 45-minute class. If you only have five minutes, there's literally a class to get you moving your body in five minutes. Peloton has a range of class types fit for every goal and every mood. There are classes if you want to hear country music, if you want to hear uh, rock, if you want to go back to the 80s. If you can't run, take a walking class. Need some grounding? Try yoga. If you want to level up, go for their Pilates or HIIT workouts. Here's what I love is that you can move at your own pace. And that is what I'm learning that my body needs right now. It needs to move at its own pace. Peloton makes the process easier with personalized recommendations and guided programs that take all the guesswork out of working out. You guys, we think about so many things during the day. Let's take the guesswork out. Let's jump right in and let's keep our fitness journey fresh every single day. Peloton has everything you need to get you where you're going. Whether you prefer to run outdoors, row or ride at home, or strength train at the gym, Peloton has something for you. I personally love a good 45-minute hip-hop class. It gets me moving. It gets me excited. It's my favorite genre of music, just ask my kids. Get a head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com. 
That's onepeloton.com. Start clean with Clorox because Clorox delivers a powerful clean every time. Because messes happen. Because... Oh, the charcoal mask. Great, because why would I put that on my face when I could drop it in my sink? This is what I get for multitasking. Ugh, why is charcoal so sticky? <clears throat> Hello? Hey, Janice. I am so sorry. I thought I was on mute. <laughs> no, we don't need to reschedule. I'll just stay off camera. Ooh, yeah, that happens. So start clean with Clorox. Use Clorox products as directed. Okay, let's talk about something else. Mm-hmm. This still is gifting. This is still women. This is still yeah. calling. You and I have seen the last couple of years within the church. Yeah. Um, a lot more women um, trusting in their gifts. Yes. Using their gifts. That's right. Um, more than ever, many churches allowing women to yeah. use their giftings mm-hmm. in more places than the nursery. Let's talk about this for a second. Yeah. How wh- how are you seeing that the church as a whole, mm-hmm. not your church or my church, yeah. but the church as a whole here in Northern America, yeah. we'll do that because it's different everywhere. Mm-hmm particularly the United States. How have you seen that play out within the past two, three, five years? I think it's fascinating. I feel it's it's been a great, difficult, challenging, nuanced, because I think there is this surge of, of can I? Mm-hmm. And then people saying yes, but not giving any pathways. Mm. So what are the pathways for someone growing their gifts and developing their gifting? I think the, the vulnerability on how to mentor women has left people confused. What do you mean by that? Well, I think I think there are there are spaces that out, wanting to respect certain boundaries may not invest in the women to the same degree as they do the guys. Okay, and that and and it's understandable. But then, what are you going to do with these women? Because actually, your character is more important than your gifting, mm-hmm. and your character and your capacity sustains that gifting and calling. So we do have to find healthy leadership development tracks that keep these women coming forward and to keep them keep us healthy and strong and engaged. Um, I think, can you say that one more time? Your character sustains your calling. Yeah, I think in terms of you could be really talented and maybe you've got a great book or you've got a great business, but if you if your life is a mess, oh, yeah. it will run you dry. Yeah. You know, and your but your capacity as well. Like Things happen in seasons. There are things that we can do five five years from now that we won't be able to that we can't do right now. Mm-hmm. So we need to be attending to our past and our present, our capacity in terms of what's going on right now. Is this a season when you can engage more or less? We need to be um, working on our skills, but that means investment, and someone's got to give that investment. You know, someone's got to give that investment so we've got tools to see our leadership journey. Mm not just our leadership chance. Do you see what I'm saying? Yep. I think there's a difference between a leadership chance and a journey. And it and there are just some real practical things involved. It's all the truth is it's always taken a village to to be to be a leader. You know 100%. I mean? Always. When we think of um and I think I know many guys who acknowledge you know like yeah I'm leading but if my wife wasn't here if my kids weren't doing this if such and such wasn't Yeah. But a lot of the data currently about women in the workplace is that women are in double income homes. That means all hands are on deck on everything, but women are still doing the primary domestic stuff or what they describe as often the mental load, managing the mental load, yes. The tasks, thinking through, I mean, the form that's got to be filled in, the parent you're taking care of, somebody's birthday, someone's having a hard day there. I say often when I'm on the road yeah. working, I'm still also You're answering still doing, texts from my kids. You're still um, processing these yeah. things. Mm-hmm. And so we've got to find ways in w- ways which we build that village around women to be able to lead. Yeah. 
Because when, because I'm, I'm sure for many of us, the biggest challenge when we're trying to do all this stuff is headspace. Because your head is already full of the work and the legit things that you're doing at home and the, the key relationships you have. You, you've got to work out how you have the headspace. Yeah. yeah. You talk about community in here. Yeah. That's where you're going with this. Absolutely. Is how do we, do you, I think that sometimes it can be a, you can pull back from community when yeah. you are doing more, obviously that makes sense. But you're saying it's so vital that you have this village. Is that what you're talking about? Community. Absolutely. I think um, there's a there was a, um, a Scottish historian and philosopher. I think his name was Thomas Carlyle, and he says this thing about when you look at history, it's built on individuals, and it was known as the great man theory. And I think sometimes we have our great woman theory as well. When actually, when you look at whether it's a Nelson Mandela or a, Martin, a Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King, and you look at the the, the facts around it. There's a movement mm-hmm. of people, actually, who would who, and, and that's not to take anything away from these incredible figures. For sure, it's just that they are part of movement. Yes, and um, and yet I think sometimes for us as women, when we step into these opportunities, we feel we've just got to have it all down, everything all at once. Mm-hmm. Um, when when again, the reality is we need a community. We need, and I think I often say there are two types: there's a the kind of people that give you roots, and the kind that give you wings. So the ones that give you roots are the relationships that anchor you. Do you have friends? Friends. You have, um, what are the, pe- who are the people or situations in your life that help you manage your life? Um, your home, your, your, your ever-growing list of things. Mm-hmm. Um, who are your significant relationships? Are you, are they staying significant? <laughs> mm-hmm. Do they feel significant to you? Yeah. Kind of thing. Um, and and are you are you anchored by by those relationships? But then, when I think of the relationships that give you wings in your leadership, your professional peers are they are they friends or are they threats to you? Um, when you think of the mentors and sponsors in your life, the, pe- the team, you need all of those things to thrive. And so, when I'm calling people to rise, I'm wanting I'm saying, look, we rise together. I think there's I can't remember the quote who who it is. Say a rising tide floats all boats, mm-hmm. and we need rising tides more than we need rising individuals yeah, yeah. Um, for our own sustainability, um, for the health of our communities, for the health of our families mm-hmm. as we do this. Yeah. And, but it's not the easiest way because there's a reason why we're, we're lonely. Yeah. There's a reason why we've held back from relationships. We have some, for some of us, we've stepped into leadership spaces, um, even within the context of our church, and it's been places of heartbreak. It's been places of competition and, and, fear and insecurity and loneliness because they felt unsupported. Yeah. And so we've retreated or we tried that entrepreneurial activity and it went well for a while and now it's not, but we don't know where to go because who wants to be at that networking event and go first and say, my business is failing. Uh-huh. You know? Yeah, <laughs> I mean, no exactly. Wants to say that. Exactly. You know, and, and, no, and nobody wants to say, hey, I'm working and I'm doing this big corporate job, but things are really difficult with my kids right now because no one wants to be shamed. And yet, the relationships and the communities are precisely what we need to be able to thrive. To hear someone say that and not say you're a failure, there's no shame. Totally. Yeah. Okay, let's talk to another group of women real yeah. quick. Um, this, I, I love this message, and, I, and I'm speaking from the hip here, so mm. if I need to recount anything I'm about to say, I will. <laughs> I see two kind of women a yeah. lot um, in things that I do. One of them is um, I want to do things uh, different than what I'm doing now. Yeah, maybe you're in a season in life where you can go start that new job or yeah. go start that new ministry or go out there start that, but they don't believe their identity, or their gifts. So yeah, okay. And then there's women who feel as though right now the season they're in is motherhood, mm-hmm. and they are very confident that God's asked them to stay home with their children. Yes, 
But yet they also feel sometimes, this is a generalization, I'm not saying everybody, as though I'm just stuck here with the kids. So leadership to me, this is not a valid conversation for me. Which I think is a lie as well. Yeah. Because you're you're always leading somebody. Mm, always. 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 And so talk let's talk to that woman who and where she is right now is with children. Yeah. And she may be listening, going, Well, that's awesome, Joe and Jamie, but I'm at home making chicken nuggets all day. Yeah. What does this look like for me to own my voice and, you yeah. know, to step out and influence? What does it look like for her? Yeah. And I I mean, and I think it's a really important question and a really valid question. Cause I think there are two there are two things going on. For, for some, for some of um some of these women, actually your focus, the focus of your influence is your home. Yes. The uh-huh. focus of your influence is your home. And I would say to you, if that's where you where you know before God, that's where your focus is, then know that in the middle of the nuggets, in the middle of watching whatever kids show they're into for the 10,000th time. Uh, that day. Again. That day, yeah. That day. Uh-huh. That your influence won't feel like influence. Do you know what I mean? It won't feel like, it feels like nuggets. It won't it feel feels, like the world says no, influence is. Yeah. Because the thing is, again, the, the world often only talks about the influence that is monetized. Yeah, exactly. That comes in the shape of a job. And yet all of those people had mothers, all of them. <laughs> you know what I mean? All of them were defined by their mothers. Mm-hmm. All, it, and it's on it's to our embarrassment and our fault that we haven't elevated the nature of the influence a mother actually has. Mm. You know, in terms of we are our kids' greatest role models. Doesn't matter what they're watching on TV compared to who we are. Yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? That's mm-hmm. second, that's not even se- it's tertiary or whatever further down the line. But primary is the one they're spending all their time with, the words of life you're speaking, the, the the place that you're facilitating. And I would say to the mother, you've got to make sure you you are owning your voice. I would say you have got to gather your community. I've met some of the loneliest mothers mm-hmm. who are like, am I doing a good job? Do, am, I, am I wasting time here? What's the point? I, yeah. It used to come more easily to me when I did this or when I, and we we dream our, our, our era away mm-hmm. because it doesn't feel like it's going well. So I would say still, who are your community for yeah. sure? I would say still ask God about the nature of your influence because I, I know for me there are particular areas of my life where I feel especially called to my kids' friends and that, because they grow with us, yeah, these entire families, and I adore them. And mm-hmm. we're carpooling for years. Yeah, You have opportunity to be a blessing, to be a healthy influence, to be friends with people for over a decade. It is huge. Mm-hmm. It is a game changer, yeah. your influence, because actually you may not be across the cubicle, but you have hours of time where others have minutes of conversation. Yeah, yeah. So, so I, I would say, I really want you to own your voice. Yeah. I really want to know, I, I want you to feel conscious of what you bring to the table and that there's no just a mum, there's no just an aunt, there's no just a grandmother. But to, um, but to be listening to God again and saying, what does it look like to speak life yeah. to the people that you come into contact with for those teachers who are overstretched and underpaid? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what yeah. I mean? and, and I would say, what does it look like? There's a conversation that I... Um, w- within the book where we talk about the body and, I, and there's a group of women talking about, about if your body could speak, what would it Our say to you? Our physical bodies. Yeah. Uh-huh. If your body could speak, what would it say to you? And, um, and, and there are different answers in terms of others who are like, mm, drink some water, dehydration uh-huh. makes you mean. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. All those kinds of things. But I think there is a sense of, for mothers in particular, we are very good at looking after everybody else. But ourselves. But ourselves. And so I would say to the mums, but I would ask you, are you looking after yourself? Are you... Doing is there something in your week which is bringing you to life in a in a unique and distinct way? Because that goes back into your mothering. Are you um, are you are you getting rest, mm-hmm. or are you threadbare? 
and you're allowed to be, you're allowed to be, but we, but again, we need to gather your community around you so that you are able to keep on thriving because actually you may not feel you're rising because you're busy raising somebody else, mm-hmm. yeah. but you're causing others to rise. Yeah. What we want to make sure is, is as you go through each season of that, you are not so spent that you fade away, yeah. that you still have dreams and ideas. And, and I'm not saying that the only fulfillment of those is outside of your home. I'm just saying acknowledge they exist. I, I agree. Uh, I think there's this tendency to, you know, to glorify what the other person yeah. has. So, yeah. you know, the mom who is working, whether because she loves it or because her family needs it, it yeah. doesn't matter. She mm. might tend to glorify like, oh, that's nice that you get to stay yeah. home. And then the mom at home would yeah. glorify like, mm. oh, if only I could leave every day at seven and show back up at four. Yeah. But there is that, there's this inconsistent with each one not actually believing the, what, that their influence matters right totally. where they are. And I think for the most, for most of us, most of the time, our purpose and our sending and our calling is to the life we have. And in some ways, that's terrifying because yeah, like, to some people, like I don't like I'm this like, life. What about the love I have? But then, if that's the case, then you engage with it, don't you? You're like, okay, you're sent. This life that you have is the, is is where it's at. Is it time to do something about it? Is it time to use your voice in a new way? Is it time to influence it in a new way, rather than think, well, the best I can do is escape this mess? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. um, I, I, I'm just my. Oh, I can't remember again who the quote was, but they say women make up half the sky. You know, we are shaping cultures, we are um, our buying power, our voices in culture, politics, local community is immense. We have to show up for it. Yeah. And sometimes that includes being whole enough to show up for mm-hmm. it. You know, it's like, oh, I don't want to be on PTA. You know, I'm not saying be on that, but show up for the life God's given you. Yeah. Show it for the life God's given you. Mm-hmm. I like that. You know, I think about women around the world. You and I both have a mutual friend, Jessica Honiger, who mm-hmm. runs Noonday Collection. Yeah. And one of the things I've loved watching Noonday do is equip women yes. around the world um, with job skills yeah. and build their businesses and allow them to, you know, be able to pay rent so yeah. that their children can go to school and all the things. And I've I heard someone say one time that if you can if you can equip women, you can change a whole community. Yes. And especially when we look in, you know, countries. That happens in America as well. But if we're looking outside of America, yeah. we really see the the rise of communities thriving when women are equipped yes. with job skills and with purpose and with vision and with value. And that is really scripture about how God sees us. Absolutely. And and I and again, it it does speak to that lens of, you know, we don't often all like the leader word. We think the L word is not appropriate to us, but we all have influence. That everybody, everybody has influence. Yes, you influence and shape people's very lives and destinies. And like you said, studies have shown that when you invest in the women, it tends to not just end with that one person. It goes into education, into health, into well-being, into the wider community. Yeah, I mean, it's an incredible opportunity that it's we have. Beautiful. I I am really thinking a lot about influence lately. Mm-hmm. Um, and I remember someone asked me the other day, they're like, how do you feel like being an influencer? Yeah. I'm like, well, you're an, everyone's an influencer. Yeah. You influence everybody around you, whether that's the three people in your house yeah. or your college roommates, or you know, you're a teacher and it's 18 second graders. It doesn't matter. We all have this influence. And so how are we going to steward that well? How are we going to steward that influence? And that's by using the gifts and talents exactly. that God's given you in the life that you're living. Absolutely. Oh, what do you want for a woman? She closes the last page of this book. What do you want her to think? I want her to think, yes. Yes, I can do this. Yeah. And I want her to say yes to God, to say yes to who she is, to who he made her. I want her to say yes to say, God, I'm going to start agreeing with what you say about my purpose. 
And for all the areas where I'm confused, rather than that being my off-ramp, that's going to be my place of gather, asking a friend for an opinion. That's going to be a place for reading up on it. That's going to be a place for praying into it. And I'm going to look for a next step. I'm going to say, how can I influence this area for good today? Is it going to be a financial gift? Is it going to be a volunteer thing? It could be a one-off. I'm not even saying you're volunteering for the next 30 years. Uh-huh. It could be, it could be yeah. a one-off. It could be the way I talk to the women at the grocery store who are overlooked. It's the way I make it. Fr- you know what I mean? That sort of thing. But I, my hope and prayer is that we see women rising. That, yeah. that um, you know, like when we, when we write and create, we want people to be transformed from the inside out. And so for me, transformation would look like women rising. Mm. Women rising to what God's calling them to do. So that. in some ways, I don't know what they'll do uh-huh. because that's them and the Lord, that, that part. Yeah. But, that, but something. But something. Because something. that's what we're why that is our purpose on earth. Yeah. Okay, I heard you have something a goodie for my, my, my goodie. I do have a goodie. Ladies don't look under your chairs because <laughs> there are no car keys there. I'm sorry. Don't you wish we could actually do I that? Know, I would love to. I'd love to be like, if you just go to that closet, you'll find Open it up. Yeah. But no, sorry, that's not what I have. But what I do I, I'm struck by the fact that wherever we have influence, wherever we have influence, we need investment and support. So I've come up with a a little resource which basically says five key relationships every leader needs. Now, we may not call ourselves leaders, but again, it's it's that L word. I would say every mother needs, every working, every stay-at-home mama needs because we need this as we live into our influence. So you text the word community to 33777. Three three seven seven seven. Yeah. Text the word community to three three seven 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 and you will receive a little download. Uh, thank you for that gift. Oh, it's a pleasure. I love it. I love I love to come alongside people. I love to come alongside and just say, yes, you can do it. And you can do it one step at a time. You're a cheerleader. I am. I am a cheerleader for your thing. Start clean with Clorox because Clorox delivers a powerful clean every time because messes happen because hey listen remember how you told me to toss those takeout containers before we left for vacation and you were like i'm serious if that leaks over the counter it'll be a slimy abomination by the time i get back and i was like yeah 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 of course don't worry about it i won't forget (laughs) well oh yeah that happens so start clean with clorox use clorox products as directed rinse after use if in contact with food surface Walmart Plus members save on meeting up with friends. Save on having them over for dinner with free delivery with no hidden fees or markups. That's groceries plus napkins plus that vegetable chopper to make things a bit easier. Plus, members save on gas to go meet them in their neck of the woods. Plus, when you're ready for the ultimate sign of friendship, start a show together with your included Paramount Plus subscription. Walmart Plus members save on this plus so much more. Start a 30-day free trial at walmartplus.com. Paramount Plus, a central plan only. Separate registration required. See Walmart Plus terms and conditions. I am enjoying the renaissance of TV. Okay. And that. So, but I'm I'm a late catch-up person, so I've been watching Madam Secretary. You know, I never did that. I'm telling you. Jenny Allen told me about worth this. The time. She loved it. Loving it. Okay. Loving it. And um and you know what? I'm really loving Disney Plus. Am I allowed to say that? Yeah. I love Disney Plus. I think we have it. Like I don't watch that much TV, but I think Aaron got it so the kids yeah. can watch all the things. Yeah. I I 
I, I've just enjoyed sitting down with the family and kind of watching the movies that they used to watch when they uh-huh. were little and all yeah. of us getting crazy sentimental about them again. And that's been really fun. So I am, I actually am loving those things. Okay, yeah. awesome. What are you reading? You know what? I've just finished this book. This, so this, this will be my keeper because I've literally just finished it. And it's called The... Be- I read business books a lot. Okay. And I just find they kind of activate my mind. Um, when my kids were young, I realized that one of the things that helped me kind of key into them was reading business magazines. I don't know why. Really? Yeah. (laughs) I I think I just needed to feel my mind was doing something. Uh Yeah. And it would stop me micromanaging and over-parenting them. And you like the business stuff. (laughs) Yeah, I like the business stuff. It just, that was my source of inspiration. Got it. In some way. And there was a book called The Beautiful Constraint. And what I loved about it is it, and and it it kind of almost kind of ministered to me because it basically talked about the limitations that we can find ourselves in. And there I was thinking as a working mum, thinking, I don't feel I've got enough time for this. And, and And then the premise of the book is when we feel constrained by things, we can shrink our dreams down and see ourselves as a victim to the constraints. Mm. And, and, and I'm like, are you sure this is a business book, sir? Because you're speaking in my, <laughs> you're in my journal. Yeah. You're yeah. in my soul. This is my life. This is my life. And, and they just said, you know, you shrink your dreams down, you start reducing your ideas, you feel like a victim to your circumstances and you don't step into all that you can do. And I'm like, <laughs> the pearls were clutched. Someone's been reading your mail. Someone's been reading it. And, and then it just gave some ideas of, of saying, you know, one, everybody has these constraints, it's okay. And then just some practical ways in which you can connect with other people and view this differently and see it as an opportunity to do something different and not to feel, not to allow um, initial obstacles to start telling you what it means about who you are in your life. Because we all have the obstacles. Totally. Yeah. We all have them. And I think, it, again, it was just a really helpful resource for me. So yeah, okay. loved it. So if you were going to take your kids to Barnes & Noble when they're little for you to peruse the magazines, you're getting a business magazine. Yeah, I would. I would get um, Entrepreneur or Inc. or something and they'd be like... Take me to the kids' books. Yeah, they'd be like, please take me to the You know what kind books. of magazine I used to love to read? This is so weird. It's, 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 please I, don't I, say fishing because I won't know what to do. No, no, no. Okay, I used to love to pick up those big, thick uh, house design magazines oh. and look at house plans. Isn't that the weirdest thing? Plans. Yeah, I'm not, I have no architecture desire and love, but I always thought it was so fun to look at where they put the bedrooms and where the (laughs) bathrooms were. That is awesome. Isn't that, it's just so crazy that that really, I could spend an hour doing that. I have no reason to know why I do that, but anyhow. That is amazing. I would go to Barnes & Noble and do that. It'd be just a fun blast. Um, Joe, thank you for sitting down with me. Oh, thank you. Thank you for having me. It's great to be back. Great to be back on the happy hour. Congratulations on your book, Ready to Rise. Own your voice, gather your community, step into your influence, April 14th. Yeah. If you pre-order now, you're going to get some gifts and goodies, more than you already got. Joe, thank you so much. Thank you. Show up for the life God has given you. Will you ever forget that? I won't. I want that to be true for all of us who are listening to this show. God has given you influence exactly where you are where you live and the spaces that you are in for your community to flourish. Be sure that you take Joe up on her relationship guide. Text the word community to 33777 and that PDF will come directly to you. Her book releases next month, but you can pre-order now, ready to rise. Own your voice, gather your community, step into your influence. Today's show was edited by Chris with Podshaper and the music was developed for the show by Matt Graham. Show notes are written by Aki Slockers. The whole thing is organized by Lindsay Sweeney. Next week, my friend and the only friend in my life that I can say is a stand-up comedian. Yes, Jen Fulweiler will be here. Jen lives in the Austin area. She hosts an XM radio show. She has a big family and she is a stand-up comedian. Like for real, you guys. You're going to love her. You don't want to miss out on this show. You're going to love meeting her next week. I'll see you guys back here next week. 
Enjoy your spring break if you're on it. Enjoy your week. Share the show with a girlfriend. Have a happy hour with a friend. I'll be back here next week with Jen Fulweiler.